topic tonight out of Jeremiah chapter 37. Is there any word from the Lord? Right? That's a good question, right? That's what we want. A word from the Lord. King Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, reigned instead of Jehoiachin, the son of Jehoiakim, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. Okay, so we have three kings mentioned there. We have King Zedekiah, he's the current king in the story that we're in right now in Jeremiah chapter 37. He is the son of Josiah. Josiah was a good king, very good king, reigned for over 20 years, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord, working amazing reforms, uh, getting rid of the idols and, and false worship and bringing people back to true worship, instituted Passover service and, and uh, brought the people uh, into true worship with God, as well as not only in Judea, but reaching out to those the remnants that were still in Israel that had remained even after the Assyrian captivity. So Zedekiah is his son, and he comes uh, and reigns instead of Jehoiakim, who was the son of Jehoiakim. Kim, I guess there's four kings mentioned there, right? So Jehoiakim is also a son of Josiah, and his son Jehoiakim became king. So Zedekiah's um, nephew became king for three months and ten days. And then King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon removes him and puts Zedekiah in, Josiah's son. Well, as we have it here, maybe a little Maybe a little more helpful. So we have Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. That's where we're at in our series on the kings and of, of Judah and Israel and, and all the prophets and all the books that went along with that, Psalms and Proverbs. So Jehoiakim of Chin reigned, Chin reigned only three months and ten days prior to Zedekiah. He was the son of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. And so Zedekiah is the third son of Josiah to reign as king, the fourth king from Josiah. Uh, so Josiah has three sons reigning as king and one grandson who reigned for the three months and ten days as king. Now that whole time period uh, is eleven and a half years because uh, one son, uh, Jehoiakim, reigned eleven years and uh, one was the three months and ten days and the other one was only three months. So two of them only get uh, three months and, and one gets an extra 10 days, and one gets 11 years. Uh, but out of all four of them, none of them followed the Lord like Josiah did, unfortunately. So Josiah set a great example. None of his three sons or gr his grandson followed after him. So let's look at Zedekiah a little bit more. Verse 3, Zedekiah the king sent uh, Yechel and Zephaniah the Kohen to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now to the Lord our God for us. So that's good. So he's sending the Kohanim to, to, the, uh, to the prophet Jeremiah and saying, Pray for us. That's a good thing. Um, and Jeremiah was coming and going among the people. So he was free and he was going in and out among the people. And Pharaoh's army came up from Egypt and when the Chaldeans who were besieging Jerusalem heard the news of them, they departed from Jerusalem. So Babylon had come, had laid siege. They took Zedekiah's nephew, who was the king. They took him and his mother, uh, Jehoiakim's mother, and, and um, his wife and his children, and took them back to Babylon with 
10,000 or so people with him, all the military leaders, all the, the, the people, craftsmen, all the people who could work and fight or, or do uh, you know, uh, labor. He took with him and left Zedekiah in charge. Uh, well, then it seems that Babylon comes back again at this point, and Pharaoh's army comes up, and Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon's army, hears of the news of it, fearful, and they flee. Okay, so that's where we're at in this story here. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Jeremiah, right? They asked him to pray. And so the Lord God of Israel says, Say to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of me, Pharaoh's army, which has come up to help you, will return to Egypt. The Chaldeans shall come back and fight against this city and take it and burn it with fire. So the guy is saying, pray for us. Hey, this is good. King of Babylon left. King of Egypt is here. He's helping us out. Pray for us. Give us a word from the Lord. Jeremiah prays. The word of the Lord comes and says, yeah, Egypt's there today. They're not going to be here tomorrow. King of Babylon's coming back. The Chaldeans are coming back. And they're going to uh, burn this city with fire. Don't deceive yourselves, saying that Chaldeans will depart from us, for they will not depart. Though you defeat the whole army of the Chaldeans and there remain only wounded men among them, they would rise up every man in his tent and burn the city with fire. <laughs> He's saying, this is the word of the Lord. Don't look at what you're seeing. Don't look at you seeing the Egyptians out there. Don't look and say, oh, it looks pretty good right now. Oh, it's a sunny day. Things are going to be good because it's not going to be good. Even if all your army went out there and beat them all up, they're going to raise up and burn this place with fire. It is sure. Now, of course, not stated here, but it's stated in other places in Jeremiah and throughout the Bible, of course, unless there is repentance and reform on the part of the king and on the part of the people. When the Chaldeans left the siege of Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army, Jeremiah went out of Jerusalem to claim his property in the land of Benjamin. So there's some freedom. They were stuck there. There was a siege going on. They couldn't leave. They couldn't come in. They couldn't go out. They didn't have much food. And so with the Egyptian army there, a little bit of freedom of movement. So Jeremiah is going to go. He's going to go to uh, the land of Benjamin where he had some property. When he was in the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard seized him, saying, You are defecting to the Chaldeans. Jeremiah said, False! I am not defecting to the Chaldeans. But he would not listen to him. He says, That's false news, fake news. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'm not going to the Chaldeans. I am faithful. I'm just telling you the word of the Lord. That's what's going to happen unless we repent. But it doesn't mean I'm ready to defect to the Chaldeans. The guard seized Jeremiah and brought him to the princes. The princes struck him and put him in prison. It doesn't even sound like there was a trial. It doesn't sound like they listened to him. They had had it. They didn't like his prophecies. They didn't like his messages that were from God. They beat him up, and they stick him in prison. You disagree with us? 
this is how we treat you. Now, in reading through this chapter and praying, what message is there from the Lord for us individually and personally? And there's still more to the story we'll cover. It's another one of these tough ones in Jeremiah. So how do we apply that to us? It's, it's not all good and, glue, good and cheery, happy stories uh, in the Bible. There are plenty. But we want to cover the whole Bible, right? So we've been going through all the kings, good and bad. Jeremiah gets beaten up thrown into prison for just telling what the Lord had shown him. And really, it's nothing different than the prophets before had said to the kings prior. Nothing different than God had showed Solomon, that if they departed from their ways, that they would be taken captive. No different than what God showed Moses, that if, they depart, if we departed from God's ways, we're going to be dispersed to all the lands. So it's in harmony with all the rest of the scriptures but they're resisting. And they're playing this game, Jeremiah pray for us, but yet at the same time they have their idols and their idol worship going on as well. And we're seeing that same thing in this country right now. I just saw, you know, prepared this sermon before today, obviously, but just minutes before we got in the car to come today, there was another thing that just took place today I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to get into the politics of all this. But just today, just hours ago, another event took place of removing of our freedoms. Earlier this week, um, a, another pretty prominent person, uh, the social media giants, took away this person's webpage, took away this person's um, other social media, I'm not going to get into the names, try not to enter, the social media outlets and the search engine, there's lots of search engine, but the big search engine took away this person's freedom of speech. And this person, I haven't listened to all of this person's talking head talks and everything, but from what I had seen over the years, it was just pro-Israel and telling the facts about Islam in the conflict uh, that's taking place. And because of that, the freedom of speech basically has been removed. Yeah, this person can go stand on a street corner and I guess speak, but we, it seems like the internet, we have all this freedom, but it's getting limited. There's really a monopoly that's taking place. There's only a few real players out there on the internet today. And if you're not playing the ball with them, they took this person's freedoms away in that sense. Took their uh, pages down. And again, nothing, I mean, not calling fire in a theater type of thing. Uh, not uh, defamation, uh, 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 not fanning the flames, not, yeah, not, yeah I mean, not, not calling for violence, not saying people should be killed, not saying someone should be, murdered or assassinated, or, and it seems that people who say some people should be assassinated, they have no problem, no one has a problem with saying that type of stuff. But this person didn't, isn't calling for war, isn't calling for deaths, isn't calling for violence, just stating facts. Again, I haven't read everything or seen everything by this person, but, uh, but it's interesting the power that it well, is wielded. Just shut it off, beat them up, put them in prison. Just shut it down, just silence them. 
That's what they were doing to Jeremiah. Just silence him. Not playing ball the way we want to play ball. Just silence him. And that's here in America, where we're based on freedom of speech. But maybe that happens sometimes in our own lives. Give your opinion on something nowadays, and some of your friends will just shut you down. Not want to hear rebuke. And so in preparing for this, and that was after I had those thoughts, then I did some more research and more looking around and other commentaries, and, and uh, I read this commentary. This was written over 100 years ago. After I was seeing this matching up with what Jeremiah is saying. This is from McLaren's Ex Expositions of Jeremiah. Commentary on Jeremiah, back over 100 years ago. In all communities, a crying evil is flattery of masses, exalting their virtues and foretelling their prosperity. Well, does that sound like prosperity preachers of today? Flattering of the masses. You're all good, we're all good. Exalting their virtues, patting on the back, foretelling their prosperity. You're going to be great. You're called to greatness. Everything's going to be wonderful. Just donate to my cause and you're going to be blessed. <laughs> While hiding their faults and slurring over the requirements of morality and religion, which are the foundations of prosperity. So lowering the biblical standards, everything goes, everything's all right, you're all right, I'm all right, don't tell me I'm bad, I won't tell you you're bad. Hiding their faults, slurring over their requirements of morality and religion, which are the foundations of prosperity. The men who dare to tell the countrymen, their countrymen their faults and to preach temperance, which is self-control, not eating, not drinking, not alcohol, not drugs, to preach temperance and peace, purity, personal morality, are laid hold of by those who pursue, preside over the newspapers. And I read this after, again, I was thinking about that person who, who was shut down on the internet by the big players there. They're laid hold of, by, like Jeremiah, by those who preside over the newspapers and are pillared as deserters and has and half Can't read my and as traitors at heart and are treated as traitors at heart. That was in Jeremiah's day. This person was seeing that a hundred years ago, and we're seeing it again today. Flattering the masses, you're okay, everything's okay. Don't call sin sin. Don't point out sin. No right, no wrong. And if anyone who says something's not right, well, then they're wrong, and then we shut up. So there's no right and no wrong unless you say we're wrong. <laughs> and then you're wrong. And then we shut you up. And we say you're a traitor. 
Interesting. Jeremiah entered the dungeon and the cells and remained there many days. And really, it's not different than what happened to Yeshua. Right? Yeshua wasn't calling for overthrowing the government. Yeshua wasn't calling for violence. He wasn't calling for, you know, uh, mob scenes. He wasn't stirring up trouble. He was telling the truth. And those who didn't like the truth tried to shut him up. Of course, God's hand of anointing was upon him. It was all part of God's plan, or God saw it coming and moved with it, brought his son, told the truth, lived the truth. And even when they shut him up, God exalted him on high and raised him from the dead. Can't shut up truth. They've been trying to shut up truth since the beginning of time. Satan's been on the march against truth and God's word. They've burned it, they've outlawed it, and it's still here today with us. Can't be silenced. Yeshua said, even if they shut everybody up, the rocks and the stones would cry out. And Zedekiah the king took him out. And the king asked him secretly in his house, and said, is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, there is. So Zedekiah, he's all over the place. He's a vacillating king. Wants to do what's right. Jeremiah, pray for us. But then there are these other people in his government and in the military who are not letting him do what he feels he should do. He's not strong enough to take a stand against them. So they put Jeremiah in prison, leave him there for many days. We don't know how long that many days is, but it, I think it was a long time. He comes to him secretly. Does not want anyone else to know that he's talking with the prophet. Is there any word from the Lord? Are we willing to hear the word of the Lord? Is that a question on our minds and on our hearts? What does God's word say? Is there a word from the Lord today? Is there a word from the Lord for me today? Does God's word speak to me today? Is God's word relevant to me today? And are we asking it? And are we willing to hear the answer? He says, is there any word from the Lord? He let him stay there in prison, finally brings him out secretly, not taking a strong stand. This is an innocent man, had no right to be put in prison, had no right to be beaten, had no right to be arrested. Investigate those who beat him, investigate those who put him in prison, investigate those who arrested him. No. But he takes him out secretly, is there a word from the Lord? Jeremiah said, there is. Zedekiah is vacillating. What about Jeremiah? He's been beaten, left in a dungeon. After a siege, and possibly by this time, the siege has come back again. Low on food, and we're going to see that in a little bit. They're starving in a dungeon. 
mold and cold and rats and disease? Is there a word from the Lord? Jeremiah could have said, King, you're wonderful. You're great. You're terrific. You're God's man. How to put it? With flatteries, exalting their virtues. You look so good. And you're going to be great. There's going to be peace throughout your reign. The Babylonians are going to flee like birds. You're going to live forever. Your name is going to be forever. And the king just opens the door and lets him go free. What would we say? If our privileges were taken away, if our boss said, I'll give you a raise if you compromise in this area, if some offer of funds or freedom or prosperity was offered to us, I'd just compromise a little bit. Tell me some flatteries about myself and I'll be your friend. Our privileges were taken away, but we can get them back just by going along with the crowd. Receiving their mark with them so that we can buy and sell, so that we can eat again, so we can be reunited with our family. John Bunyan in England was thrown into prison for preaching the word of God. But he wasn't ordained by the Church of England, and so he was not allowed to preach the word of God in England if you're not ordained by the Church of England. So he was thrown in prison, separated from his family. His young daughter was blind. She'd bring him food because prison didn't provide food back then. She'd bring him food. He'd see his daughter. they tell him, you can go back with your daughter. You can walk out of here and walk home with your daughter today if you promise never to preach again. He said, you open that door and you let me out and I will start preaching today. Wrote a magnificent book, Pilgrim's Progress, in that prison. Fabulous book. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to get it and read it. Man of courage. So what is Jeremiah going to say? Is there a word from the Lord? Yes, there is. You shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. (laughs) No niceties even. (laughs) Just straight. (laughs) Straight out there. This is the word of the Lord. You asked, is there a word from the Lord? You didn't ask what I want to say. Is there a word from the Lord? The Lord has shown me you're going to be delivered to the king of Babylon. Jeremiah said to King Zedekiah, what offense have I committed against you? against your servants or against this people, that you have put me in prison. Where now are your prophets who prophesied to you, saying the king of Babylon will not come against you or against this land? So this gives the indication that he was in that dungeon for quite some time 
because it seems like the Babylonians have come back. Egypt went back home. They came, they did their little stint. They were done. They were missed home. They went back home to Egypt. And the Babylonians said, they're gone. And they came back, right? Because where are your prophets who said Babylon was not going to come back? They're back, right? There's a siege on this city. And you call me out now to ask, is there a word of the Lord? God does not change. The word is the same thing I told you before you threw me into prison. Before you threw me in that dungeon. Before your men beat me. The word of the Lord stands forever. The word of the Lord does not change. The word of the Lord endures. Man came convicted on keeping the commandments of God but his boss wouldn't give him the Sabbath off. And he decided, well, I'll just go and pray about this. See if the Lord releases me. True story. And he went off for a couple days on his own. His wife said she'd leave him if he lost that job, if he followed God's conviction. He went off for a few days. And God released him came back and said, I can work. God released me. He worked on the Sabbath. His wife ended up leaving him anyway. Eventually, he ended up getting fired anyway. The Lord will release us. Not from our responsibility to him, but he will release us. You can do what you want. <laughs> You're free. We've got free choice. He released Adam and Eve to make free choice. He releases us to make free choices. But his requirements, his law, his word, his truth does not change. He's not schizophrenic. He's not vacillating like King Zedekiah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same loving God, the same loving God who created this world and put Adam and Eve here. The same God who's given us abundance of fruit and vegetables and food to eat. Same God who's provided salvation for us through the sacrifice of his son. The same Messiah who walked these streets, gave his life for us. That same Messiah, he doesn't change. His truth is from the beginning of time to the end of time. It's the same one who stood next to Moses and wrote the commandments with his finger, handed it to him. Barbara said an interesting thing as we were having worship with the children during this week. God created all, everything on this earth by his word, right? He said, let there be, and there was light. Let there be, and there were animals everywhere. Let there be, and there were fish abundance all throughout the sea. He said it, and it was. Power, birds filling the air, thousands, millions said, let there be vegetation, grass, trees, big trees, small trees, bushes, fruit trees, flowering trees, all kinds. Thousands, hundreds of thousands. He said it, and it was. Power of God. But when he created Adam, he knelt down in the dirt and formed him with his own hands and got real close to his face and breathed into him, kissed him, and breathed into him the breath of life. When he created Eve, he touched Adam again, and he took out the rib, and he touched Eve, and he created Eve. 
God's powerful enough to speak, and it is. But when it came to us, he came close and personally created us. Personally touched us. That same God of love is the same God today. He's consistent all throughout. And in love, he gave his commandments. In love, he gave his word. In love, he told them, Babylon is coming. Repent of your sins. In love, he's warning the king here. If God didn't care for Zedekiah, he wouldn't have given Jeremiah the messages. He's giving Jeremiah the messages so the king can be warned, so the king can change his ways. That's why God gives us his messages. So that we can bring our lives in harmony with him because he loves us and he wants us to be with him. He doesn't want us to just go out on our own. He doesn't want to just release us and let us just go into our own destruction. He wants us to live with him for eternity. Not in rebellion, but in love. He wants us to love him back. So Jeremiah says, what offense have I done? What offense have I committed against you or against the people that you put me in prison? Well, you said we're going to Babylon. <laughs> you said I'm going to be captive. You said I'm going to be a slave there. You said he's going to burn the city with fire. I was just telling you the truth. Just telling you the word of the Lord. It's not a personal thing. I like you, king. <laughs> Nothing personal. What offense have I done against you? I'm just saying the truth. But today, saying the truth, people take an offense to that. Just tickle our ears. Flatter us. Tell us everything is going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. Well, the Bible says, at the very end, it's not going to be good. Until the very, very end. <laughs> and then it's going to be very, very good. We need to prepare and we need to be prepared in our hearts and minds. Freedoms we enjoy today, we will not always have. Store up the word of God. Fill our hearts with God's Spirit. Ten virgins all waiting for the bride to come. Five had oil, extra oil, ready, waiting. They all fell asleep. All ten fell asleep. But five had the extra oil. Now is the time to build up the oil. I think we're sleeping as believers. I think all of us are sleeping as believers in the Word of God. We're all going to be surprised. And in a moment, the bridegroom is going to come. And unless we have that extra oil, we're not going to be able to make it through. Now is the time to be preparing. Now is the time to be being filled with God's Spirit, being filled with God's Word, being filled with God's grace. Please hear me now, my Lord the King. Please let my petition be accepted before you. Do not make me return to that dungeon, lest I die there. So again, that dungeon must have been real bad. But look at Jeremiah's words. When the king says, is there any word of the Lord from me? He speaks straight, you're going to Babylon. You're going to be a captive in Babylon. They're going to take and burn this city. No mincing words. When he's speaking for the Lord and speaking truth and appealing to Zedekiah. 
But when he's appealing on his own behalf, please hear me, my Lord, the King. Please let my petition be accepted before you. A humble supplement. Jeremiah wasn't a proud, boastful, obnoxious, fire and brimstone, mean. He was meek, mild, humble before God, humble before the king, acknowledging the king's position, my lord the king. But when he was speaking God's truth, he was not weak. That's true meekness. Weak before God makes us strong before men. When he's appealing on his own behalf, he's humble. When he's talking for God, he's strong and true. It's a balance. You need to be balanced in that way. Jeremiah had that perfect balance of respect for authority, yet speaking the truth. Sometimes we mix that up. We think, and I've even had people say, well, if you really were godly, you wouldn't tell me to do that. We had a person put his garbage can right in the middle of our parking lot. We moved it back where it belonged. They came out and said, well, you really believed in God. What, if you really believed in God, we'd let you throw your garbage in our parking lot? <laughs> Just because we believe in God, we should be walked all over? That's not godliness. That's stupidity. Jeremiah had that balance. Humble and pleading for himself, but strong in giving the word of God. Zedekiah committed Jeremiah to the court of the prison and gave him a daily piece of bread. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Oh, wasn't Zedekiah nice? What have I done? What offense have I done? Well, he doesn't, the king doesn't say any offense, no crime, but he doesn't let him, he takes him out of the dungeon, praise the Lord, but he doesn't take him out of prison. He doesn't declare him innocent. He doesn't call for a trial. He keeps him in prison. He just keeps him alive. So he believed the word of the prophet but he wasn't willing to act upon the words of the prophet. Is there a word of the Lord for me? Pray for me, Jeremiah. Do we want the prayers of God's people? Do we want to hear the word of the Lord? Maybe. But do we want to follow the word of the Lord? There's a difference. Not just hearers of the word, but doers thereof. And in our own strength, we don't have the power to obey. But by God's power, who spoke the word into existence by a word, he has the power to create in us new hearts and new minds that will walk in his ways. He will write his laws into our hearts and minds. God can give us the power to obey. We can't in our own strength. The king couldn't, even though he wanted to. But if he would have surrendered to the Lord, the Lord would have given him strength to face down his 
military commanders and his guards and, and, and his political advisors and his false prophets and faced them down and done what was right in Jeremiah's behalf. But he was too vacillating. He feared for his own life. I have no doubt they threatened the king. And they could have killed the king. John the Immerser, he didn't shy away. He spoke the truth. Cost him his head. Better to be a martyr for the Lord than to yield our convictions and yield the word of God. Jeremiah remained faithful even though the king did not. We have the same parties today in the world. We have those who will stand for conviction and truth, like Jeremiah, the small minority. We have those like the king vacillating and trying to pray for me, what does the word of the Lord say, but not willing to follow it, trying to bend it to their own ways. A little bit of God and a little bit of the world. And then we have those like the princes and the guard who just beat Jeremiah up and threw him into prison, threw him in the dungeon to die. And, you know, Jeremiah, he was going out. He was going out to the Benjamin. Remember, he was going out to the field of Benjamin when they arrested They could have just let him go. All right, we don't like what he's saying. Go on out to Benjamin. And then lock the door. Don't let him back in. <laughs> they weren't satisfied with that. We're not just satisfied with him just doing his own thing in his own corner over in Benjamin somewhere. We don't like it. We're going to shut you down. And they threw him in the dungeon. But it didn't shut him up. God still spoke. And God's word will still speak. We're like John, who continued to speak even though his head was cut off. God's word will continue to speak through us. God, John still speaks today. We have the words of John today. We have the word of God today. The message is still there today. Repent. Be transformed in heart and mind. God's word will continue on with us or without us. Whether we yield like Zedekiah or martyred like John, God's word will continue on. Better for us to be like Jeremiah and John than like Zedekiah. Today is the day to hear God's voice, harden not our hearts as we did in the wilderness. Today is the day to make that commitment for the Lord and to the Lord to follow him with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our mind. When Yeshua was standing before Pilate, She would made a mention of him being the truth. Pilate said, what is truth? It's a good question. And then the Bible says, and he went out to the people. He asked the right person the right question. But he didn't stay for the answer. And he went out and listened to the mob. Zedekiah asked, what is the word of the Lord? May we not only ask, but may we hear. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. Give us not only the motives and the desire, but give us the power as well. To go against the current, 
to go against our own natural desires, like Yeshua, not my will, not my desire, but your will be done. Our natural desire is not to follow God. Our natural desire is against God. Our natural desire is to preserve self. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Neither Zedekiah nor his servants nor the people gave heed to the words of the Lord which he spoke by the prophet Jeremiah. God gives Zedekiah another couple chances. We'll look at those in other weeks. God may give us some more chances, or maybe not. But today as we hear his voice, May we recommit and commit our lives to him who loves us. He who formed us. He who loves us with an everlasting love. He who gave his life for us. He who lives for us. He who's creating mansions for us. He who's coming back to take us to his place. May we hold fast to him in the face of this world in the face of the tyranny and the problems that will face this world. May we not yield. May we hold fast to God. Now is the time to make that decision. Now is the time to yield to God. And when we yield to God, then we will not yield to this world. So in a moment when we pray, if you've never surrendered your life to God, if you've never given it to him, if you've never said, God, I want to be your child, I want to be your servant, then when I'm praying, you do that right there where you are, between you and God. Or if you've done that in the past, and yet somewhere along the line you've yielded and vacillated like Zedekiah and gone back and forth with God, back and forth with your decisions, you've made some commitments, you've seen the word of God, and you've started to walk in it, but then something distracted you and pressure came upon you and you yielded and you want to recommit your life to God again now. In a moment when we pray, as I'm praying just where you are, recommit your life to the Lord. And if you've committed your life to the Lord in the past and have been walking in his ways and you just want to ask God to hold you fast to fill you with that extra oil, to see you all the way through. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. While I'm praying, you can just, right where you are, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit to overflowing. Maybe in your life there's some word of truth that God's brought to your mind and heart that maybe you hadn't heard of before, you hadn't thought of before. There's some word of truth and you want to walk in it. You've asked the Lord, Lord, is there a word of the Lord for me today? And God has spoken into your heart, whether tonight or in some recent time. And you want that power to walk in that way. As we pray, ask God to give you that power. The flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, not our own spirit. Ask for God's Spirit. If you're willing, ask for God's Holy Spirit to make His Spirit strong in you.
And if there's any sin in your life that you need to surrender to the Lord, the moment when we pray, confess that, accept the Messiah's forgiveness, accept his death in your behalf, and accept his Holy Spirit to give you victory in that area of your life. If any of those areas apply to you, or maybe another area, maybe someone else is asking you to pray for them, or maybe someone else is asking you, is there a word of the Lord? Or maybe they're not even asking, but God's calling you to give a word of the Lord to someone somewhere, maybe to carry some tracks. We got some in the foyer or some cards. God's calling you to give it to someone or to repost it and republish it and send it out to your friends or whoever. God's calling you to give a message of truth. Like a Jeremiah. To speak truth. And if that applies to you, may God give us the boldness and then God give his anointing upon that word that his word come back not void, but that goes and accomplishes what he has called it to do. So if any of those areas apply to you, as we pray, let God work his area in your life. So if any of those areas apply to you, I invite you to stand. If it doesn't apply, maybe none of those areas apply to you. I'm not going to ask you what area applied to you. But if any of those areas, if one of those areas or more, one or more of those areas applied to your life right now, as we pray, I invite you to stand in that commitment to the Lord. And again, maybe, not, maybe nothing applied to you. Maybe you're walking with the Lord and everything's good and that's fine. But if it does, if one of those areas that we just covered applies to you, you've never given your heart to the Lord and you want to do so now, You've given your heart in the past and you've vacillated back and forth and you want to recommit your life. Or you've given your life to the Lord and you want God to give you that extra oil to see you through all the way to the end. Or there's some area in your life, there's some sin that you want God to forgive you of. Or there's someone that God's impressing upon your mind that needs to hear the word of the Lord and you want God's boldness and strength and, and as well as meekness and kindness and love in sharing that message with that person. If any of those areas apply to you, as we pray, feel free to stand. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful for your word and we are thankful for those like Jeremiah who stood for your truth, who you used to present your truth. Lord, Give us your word. We thank you, Yeshua, that you are praying for us. Intercede in our behalf, Lord God. Thank you for standing before the throne of the Father. Thank you for pleading in our behalf. Thank you for pleading your sacrifice. Thank you for pleading your blood. Yeshua, continue to pray for us. And give us a word from the Lord. And give us power to walk in it. We want to commit our lives and recommit our lives and we want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And we want to be used by you by sharing your truth with all those that will hear it, that they will come out of Babylon, they will come out of the confusion of this world, and that they will walk in your truth. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.